0: hello everyone and welcome back to the web3 native podcast i know it's been a little bit while since we had the last episode so thank you for following us and today we are continuing our dao mini series with eyal from deep dao
1: hello Hey, Sikai, everyone. Great to be here.
0: All right. Uh, and Ayal, I understand that from DeepDAO, you have a great overview of like, the different DAOs because you run this uh, data and analytics uh, aggregator or platform. So uh, why don't we kick it off so that everybody has context on the topics we're going to discuss today, uh, right, on where you come from. Uh, so a one-liner introduction on DeepDAO
1: and what you guys have achieved so far. So uh, DeepDAO is, um, is a discovery engine for DAOs and we're also an analytics service. And uh, you're right that we have a broad overview of the ecosystem. This is, uh, this is our mission, this is what we do and it's our passion and our curiosity. So currently we have uh, close to 5,000 DAOs on our, on our dashboard uh, supporting several platforms, uh, Snapshot, Aragon, uh, Compound Governance and others. And um, we're greedy. We're trying to get all the DAO data that we can and, and uh, analyze it and understand it and make it uh, available for people.
0: Awesome. And indeed, I think the passion to actually unearth all this data and aggregate them together comes from some of your, your personal motivation and personal background, right? So I know you have a very interesting backstory, Eyal. So we'd love to hear that as well.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I've been in software and product for some 20 years, um, <clears throat> in, in Israel and in the U S and, uh, on the side, I was also an activist. So I was part of, uh, several groups that, um, that, uh, had the ambition to be decentralized even before the word existed because the, the, the centralization movement exists actually for, um, several decades already. And, um, and so we had the ambition um, to, to, give everyone, to give everyone equal voice and to have everyone's voice uh, heard and everybody's votes count. <clears throat> and um, it's, some of these groups were small, maybe like 10, 15 people and others were big, hundreds of people. And uh, no matter what, and no matter the context, um, time and again, power uh, collapsed into the hands of two, three, four people and uh, what had the ambition to be decentralized became centra- centralized. And when that happened, activists left the movement because they were disappointed. We promised them to, to have their voices heard and now they were not heard, so why be around and do things voluntarily? And, um, and that was really upsetting for me because um, this is not what I set out to do. And so I stopped being an activist. Uh, I realized there's a systemic problem here and, and we're not solving it. And so I wasn't an activist for, for a couple of years. Then in 2017, I found my way to crypto. And in early 2018, I I uh, started reading the, um, the DAO platforms white paper. And um, immediately that was uh, a revelation for me, especially the DAO stack white paper, uh, which I think is an amazing document. and. I felt that um this technology has a chance to actually solve the problems that i that I saw with groups with the way groups are being managed and controlled and so i um <clears throat> i joined uh, a Dao the first Dao the first big Dao that was around that's not the twenty sixteen dao okay that's the the second evolution of of DAOs in in twenty eighteen and um started hanging out with people in in the chat groups and uh then it was possible to create proposals and do votes. And I uh, started doing that as well. And after a while, the DAO became um, quite um, successful. There were people around and, and things were going on. And so I really wanted to see what's what's the inner workings of, uh, of the DAO, because I think this is one of the biggest things about the DAO movement, the fact that there is transparency and you can understand the DAO in a deeper sense than you can understand um, any group any group that's outside of uh, the blockchain and um i wanted to see an explorer so i started asking the team to create one and they didn't have time they were busy doing other things so like you do in it DAO, i created a proposal and uh, offered to write the that uh that explorer myself and happily the proposal was accepted i got some play money and uh, set set at home for three weeks and uh and wrote to the first version of detail. And and that's where it started.
0: All right. And here we are, like you said today, uh, we're tracking more than 5,000 DAOs. And as I understand, we're tracking all sorts of uh, data points, right? From uh, the the treasury to the proposals to the people, and there are different perspectives to draw on. But first, if I may just also just go back a little bit, uh, because now, not just from the first DAO that you joined, that you're tracking, we're tracking so many thousands of them. Uh, And in a way, to select these thousands to, to even track in the first place, we first have to kind of make a distinction of like what qualifies as DAO, right? Uh, I think, and, and that's not so easy to, to differentiate because with like other assets, like for example, with tokens, ERC20 tokens, there's a, there's a clear standard. We just track all of them uh, and then we get we get the asset data and then we can get prices and so on. Right, and distribution with NFTs, similar, right? That's ERC 721, we know what we're getting, and you can index the metadata and so on. With DAOs, you know, there's like NFT communities, there's uh, multi sig wallets, and then Snapshot uses ENS as the representative. So, how do you actually classify uh, like a group of people? Like, when does it become a DAO?
1: Okay, that, that's a great question, and uh, there are many answers. And you know, historically, the purists, the 2018 people, we wanted everything to be on-chain, so that everything is... is so the, taking the trustlessness um, idea into a, into a... I wouldn't say extreme, but into the most uh, basic way. Just put everything on-chain, and everything is trackable and nothing can be censored, and nothing can be modified. So um, <clears throat> And that was the first iteration. Then gas fees hit gas fees on Ethereum, and all of a sudden, creating a proposal uh, was potentially over $100, and voting was $30, and it became impossible to do for, for anybody who's not already rich. And so um, <clears throat> things were sort of slow for a while, and then there were L2s that gave you a better option for lower gas fees, and then a uh, snapshot came with off-chain voting, and, and, it, be- and it exploded, really. So uh, the, first, the first version wanted everything on chain. And then things became um, more complex and more modular. And I think the best uh, definition that I go with now is that DAOs are a group of people that have a shared goal and they're managing some assets together. And you can say that maybe some of these assets are on chain like a, a blockchain treasury like your Ethereum address in which you're managing anywhere between $1 to, to several billions. And, um, or you can go even broader to something like Facebook and say that uh, Facebook groups are like DAOs, only without the assets, but they do have a shared goal. So um, at DeepDAO, our goal is to be the most inclusive. We want every group that uh, that is doing things together to, to feel that um in a way, they're already a doll.
0: I see, I see. So uh, we started with on-chain data, and now we are also aggregating both on-chain and off-chain data. Uh, and so th- there's still the question, right? Like when you say managing particular assets, I presume then we're looking at particular types of contracts uh, that manage these assets. So we're looking at multi-signature wallets. We're looking at like a, a governor kind of modules uh, and, and or like perhaps the, the off-chain parts like Snapshot. Uh, we'd, we'd love to just hear your view then, like how, which parts of the, the off-chain are also interesting that you're actually managing to pull onto the platform?
1: So definitely the uh, off-chain voting is interesting. Something like Snapshots um, is obviously interesting and, and we're pulling the, their API and analyzing uh, analyzing their data and, and aggregating it. And um, you know, uh, I, it's difficult to say what other off-chain, uh, off-chain things are important? Because it's a growing, uh, it's a growing field. So there are many tools, and um, and many of them are are just an interface to um, to uh, the on-chain data. So there are several interfaces, for for example, for Gnosis Chain, and there are other tools that um, that are built on top of uh, voting systems, like for example, on top of Governor, the Compound governance governance. So I think there's, um, there's a clear understanding that you need to use UI. You need to use UI UX and you need to improve it in the DAO ecosystem to have the DAOs be accessible. And, um, and so our, our goal is to track all of these things. We think all of them are important because DAOs are organizations and organizations are being managed by a variety of tools, whether it's in, in the old world or in, in, in the DAO world. There are dozens of tools that you need to manage to manage an organization, and it's the same thing with AdDA
0: definitely definitely yeah, I think the reason I'm interested in this topic is because uh, by virtue of tracking or surfacing making transparent these metrics uh, often they become like the measures of success, right? And also they become like the measures of like insights or the ways that we track contribution. Because uh, if there's no way for us to aggregate it, put it on chain, or at least make it publicly available, it's, it's very hard to translate that into any kind of like useful uh, progress or product, so to speak. So in, in this case, like currently I understand, as you have mentioned, the key focus, the first parameter is that, or in the first definition, is that they are managing a pool of shared assets. And so we have multiple people uh, managing a shared pool of assets. And it seems that, uh, indeed, those two are the key metrics that are the first ones to be tracked on deep down, right? Like, how big is the treasury? What kind of uh, assets are in there? Uh, how many people are managing it? And how active are they in voting? We' uh, would just love to hear some of your understanding and, like, by virtue of tracking these, what are some insights that you have uh, surfaced? And perhaps what is the most
1: surprising to you? Um, the most surprising to me is the scale of experimentation that's going on. So um, it, it shouldn't have been surprising because people do things in, in various ways. But uh, the fact that there are so many voting systems going on and so many voting patterns and um, so much innovation going on in the DAO ecosystem is something that they think is amazing. And I mean, if you look at, uh, again, snapshot voting, it's very different than uh, something like uh, the substrate organization's uh, structure. And it's very different, again, than what uh, the DAO movement on Solana is doing. So there are different, <clears throat> different uh, voting systems. So that's one thing. And the second thing, you- I think uh, contrary to uh, what people are usually saying, I think participation is actually not low at all in DAOs. It's actually high. And let me explain. If you have thousands of people in an organization and uh, 1% of them are participating in voting, that's already hundreds and sometimes thousands of people. And these people are involved in decision-making sometimes on a daily basis. If you look at uh, the feed page on DeepDAO, you can see that some DAOs are making uh, dozens of decisions a week. And dozens of decisions a week is is a lot because you really need to involve to, to understand the topic that you're working on and to um, have an opinion about it. And then actually come to care so much that you actually put in some time and, and maybe some money into voting on it. And that's not trivial at all. Think about ourselves; we don't do that every day, for uh, unless something really is really important for us. And I think this is um, the, the fact that there are so many votes going on is really um, surprising and, and delightful. I'm very happy to see it.
0: Wow! Yeah, I think uh, voter apathy has been like such an obvious uh, phenomenon that it, it is indeed uh, well. I guess, reassuring to hear that there's good activity. Well, at least the different perspective is that there is a core group that's super active, right? Uh, And sometimes it it almost feels like, uh, I think as many people have criticized DAO governance that it is all kind of like a play acting, right? You have like a small, this small group that can then like push forward the proposals, get the stakeholders together, and usually it's the, the big token holders, investors, whales uh, to then push forward on the proposals. Uh, what is your response to to that? Like, and how, what does the data say? You know, firstly, is it true, uh, and then like, what's the truth?
1: Um, okay, so welcome to the world we did not revolutionize everything. We did not change human nature and we did not change the the, the socioeconomic system because we uh, put some data on, on blockchains. What we did is <coughs> we allowed many more people to get involved and we allowed for the data to be seen and, and um, commented on. So in an old group, like in the groups I was in, The three or four people in power never said that they were in power. They never admitted that. They said they're just taking on extra responsibility and that nobody else cares about decisions and so they have to do it because they're carrying the burden. Um, There's actually a, a researcher in the 70s who called this the invisible elite. And she said that when a group does not have structure, the structure is actually there it's just hidden and it allows people to take control without admitting it. So now, see, look what happens in DAOs. It's all recorded. Recorded. You can go to deep DAO and see very clearly who are the top stakeholders in the DAO, whether it's by virtue of holding many tokens or by virtue of holding maybe less tokens but voting a lot and proposing a lot or it's by virtue of coalitions of people voting together. So. If I have 1% in a DAO and you have 1%, and we're a 10 people DAO, um, so maybe 10% of the the voting power, and we're always voting together, then we're a coalition of voters. And we have more power, you and me together have more power than just each one of us. And um, if it's just out there in a group and open, nobody can track this down because we're people, we don't remember everything. But in a DAO, when you have the data, and this is one reason why we created DeepDAO in the beginning. You can actually see that and tell uh, Ayal and Shikai, hey, you guys are, are voting together all the time. What's up there? Are you friends or did you invest together in something and you have an interest? And lo and behold, you can actually see what are we voting on? And maybe we're voting on something that has a very clear goal. So we, you can understand our interests very easily. And I think this is, this is revolutionary to me. This is amazing. Mm, mm.
0: So it's not necessarily all about or only about uh, decentralizing the power, but uh, by virtue of making it transparent, we are already keeping some form of check and balance, right? In case anything really goes wrong, uh, then we have the option to say exit or like raise proposals fork whatever uh, pathways that you can take. Uh, but still, still on this topic though, on like coalition voting and, and some form of let's say in, the nice way to say is coalition, right? the nasty way to say is like collusion, right? <laughs> and like a small group of control. Yeah. Is, is that something that uh, you see that's like completely replicative? No, I'm curious whether there are pockets from the data that you see where there are truly like more plural forms and like uh more like distributed forms of governance. Like, is it like a unicorn? Like, does it actually exist?
1: Um. So. It's difficult to say these things, Uh, but yeah, I think it exists. I think if you look at some DAOs, you can see that uh, dozens of people are involved in in decision-making and we're actually, um, one of our data scientists did uh, an analysis of uh, large DAOs and you can see three distinct groups of people, Um, like one, this large group of, uh, of people who vote uh, with each other and the second large group who vote with each other and a smaller group of dissidents who usually vote against the grain. And so the fact that there are two large groups is, is again, it's not surprising. There is uh, two centers of power, and I think that's a good thing. And and that's an indication of a, of a vibrant uh, vibrant uh, ecosystem. Are
0: there particular examples you'd like to highlight? Since it's public information, right?
1: Right. I don't know offhand to to say that the, the article is coming out in two weeks, so we'll have that data okay. then. But
0: okay, we'll, we'll watch out for that. We'll watch out for that.
1: And, right. and I also, uh, you know, we have a. Uh, we're we're keeping neutrality, so I don't want to say, "Hey, this is a successful DAO and this is not a successful DAO." Um, it, it's not something that we do normally. I see.
0: Okay, although you you do have a certain uh, leaning, at least okay. So you're not trying to say that a, a more decentralized or more like check and balance and, and purely being like neutral and providing transparency uh, to to the max uh, already serves the function. Uh, of what Web3 can provide, in your opinion. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, we're, we're a data service. We, we provide the data. We don't want to uh, to tell you uh, one way or another. We're not analyzing it for a certain function.
0: Yes. Uh, so uh, I think along that vein, uh, as we have mentioned before, uh, what we can surface and or what is, is transparent, then we can uh, hold people accountable or at least uh, analyze that. Uh, of course, I think right now there are also these dynamics, like you said, the hidden power dynamics that could happen within DAOs, right? Uh, and these are often on the more social platforms, say on like Discord or like uh, in, in real life, and people have these conversations. Um, and because it's not captured on chain, um, it's hard to say, right? Like how much people are influencing each other or like what other kind of like interests tie them together. Uh, and of course, there are some attempts to, Address that, or at least mitigate some of that with things like uh, so-bound tokens, more facets of our identity uh, being on chain, right? Is this a, a trend that uh, you know you're trying to push deep down towards as well? Like, what other forms of data do we need to have an even more complete picture, or do you feel that it's it's already sufficient today, and then you know the the hidden power structures already like are minimal?
1: Um, yeah, no, we definitely need uh, a lot more data and a lot more tools. So, um, we definitely want, uh, identity to be, uh, to be um, the whole thing of identity. I don't think we, we we as the, as the web three community already have it, uh, understood and, and, and really, we don't have a killer app for identity yet. There is a lot of, uh, you know, for example, DeepDAO has a DAO score, <clears throat> so you can easily see who's more involved and who's less involved. And um, there is things like Poaps and and uh, BrightID and and several others. And none of them captures everything by itself. And so, and none of them is very clear yet what they are and what are they good for. I think we're developing this area. And some scores would be beneficial for financial institutions, and some scores would be beneficial for your DAO people, like for example a reputation score, and and who knows? And there's also the a big issue of combining uh, combining them, and of people using multiple addresses and uh, which addresses belong to the same person. Like some people tell me. Um, I, we were thinking of releasing uh, an NFT to give to people um, uh, uh, to reward them on DAO activity. And someone was telling me I'm going to have a crappy dolphin because I'm voting uh, on many DAOs, but from different addresses. So I want to combine my addresses and and improve my dolphin, get a good dolphin. Dolphins were based on your data. And uh, other people said, oh, I'm not going to, uh, give you to tell you which two addresses am I combining, and um, because I, I want to stay private and anonymous in, in one of them. And, and so, I think that um, that we're in a period of uh, understanding use cases for DAOs, really, in general, and for identity in, in particular. And, and this is where we are, and definitely, we want identity to, to be tracked and to be uh, available to people. Because another thing, you know, we're talking about usability. We, when when you're talking about uh, crypto adoption in general, people come into uh, to DeepDAO or to, or to any other tracking service and they see addresses and they're like, what is this? Uh, how am I going to even remember it? If you're telling me that these top five addresses are controlling the DAO, but who are they? I mean, I don't know anything about them. So you want to be um, more, pers- you want to personalize things, and the question of how to do it exactly, and, and combine the, the values that all of us share of, of privacy on the one hand, and censorship resistant and transparency on the other. How do you? How do you? Where's the? Where's the line that uh, that hits it?
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you touched on. The, the topic of privacy, because I think that is like the biggest struggle for identity, right? Well, I guess, firstly, you know, how do we build up different facets so that it's actually high value identity? So it almost seems that uh, we need the facets of identity where people want to show, uh, whereas there are, there are facets that people want to hide. But maybe those are the bits that you really want to know, right? Say VC holdings and and how are they uh, using it, or hedge funds and how are they using it. So sometimes it's a bit of a struggle between like who wants to be revealed versus uh, what we should reveal. Um, and so uh, I'm curious about deep down stands uh, in terms of collecting data. And aggregating it from different sources on, say, respecting or promoting the privacy of, say, individuals and also of uh, organizations, right? Where, like, these addresses may be held by entities, they are a collective as well. And even the DAO itself, you might argue, when we move up to the application layer, uh, might not want to review all of its uh, business operations and, like, who, who it's uh, working with uh, to its competitors uh, if it's a very direct uh, competing product. So um, how do you see this topic of privacy playing out?
1: So I, I think um, right from the start, this issue came up, because some people said, "I, I don't want you to know about what am I doing." And um, our response to that is, "That's great. That's fine." Um, Deep Dow is a service for people who want to be found and want to be understood and want to be transparent. And if this is a value for you, then then great. We'll be happy to track your data. And if not, that's fine too. Well, you don't have to. Um, And you're right, certain DAOs, if you look at their, so so each proposal in a DAO has like, usually a title and a description. And sometimes it's very descriptive. You know exactly what's being asked here. And sometimes it just says, Side pocket five three two something like that, and and that's it. And you have no idea what it is. Yeah, the discussions and, already um, happened
0: off chain. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. The discussion already happened, and things are done, and and people are just voting on on something. And that th- that's fine. That's perfectly fine. You can still understand things about even about the private DAOs as long as they expose any data at all. You can still know that. Um, For example, in one month they have five proposals and in another month they have 20. And in one month, um, 80% of the proposals are accepted and in another one, 80 are rejected. And how many people are voting? So uh, everything is anonymous, right? But you still know that 10 people voted on on a proposal in average um, in one month and then on another month, fifty people voted, and so you know the volume of what's going on. And even more interesting, you know if there is consensus in a DAO or if there is contention. So you know that maybe um, out of the everybody that voted, it was decided fifty-two to forty-eight, or it was decided ninety-five to five. So these 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 things are really. Um, It's possible to understand the organization still, even if you don't know any of the content.
0: I see. Yeah. So, in a way, it's not kind of, uh, say, in, an investigative journalism kind of approach where like, OK, we're going to find out even if we don't want. this is It almost works like a, a signaling platform where like if you want to show how transparent you are, if you want to show uh, that you, you are indeed having you know, a check and balance and plural conversations, then you should come and list uh, on, on DeepDAO or like open up your data and have more descriptive uh, proposals so that people who want to join your DAO uh, know those values and you can attract people who are aligned with those values.
1: Exactly. If you want people to uh, hear about you and maybe join your DAO, then you give them all the information they, they need in order to do that. And if maybe you don't need outside people to join your DAO because uh, maybe you're just an investor group and you guys know each other from other, other DAOs or from real life, then, then you're fine with just closing things uh, off-chain. And so, yeah, there, there's a variety of options here, and you can choose from them.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense, uh, right? I think starting from like the the old days of like more investment DAOs or protocol DAOs, now we have just so many types, right? And so uh, it makes sense to have a differentiated approach, uh, both in terms of like asset management and, of course, in decision making, which are closely tied together. And that it is also uh, a topic that we've been thinking about for some time. Right? In fact, we uh, published our, our governance blueprint uh, recommending a few archetypes right? where like, the whole uh, flat structure where like, a few people just propose doesn't seem to work uh, when you need to get things done uh, on a very practical level. And now we've seen the movements towards like uh, sub DAOs or like certain committees for like specific purposes. I'm curious to hear from your more data driven perspective. Uh, is that uh, it, what's happening? Right? Is is the kind of the optimal model or like the the meta shifting uh, for for DAOs who want to you know get the decisions through?
1: Yeah, I think you need you need more than one way to uh, to make decisions. And um, I, I think the most advanced platform right from the start was the substrate organizations because they have a three body, uh, three bodies that decide, make decisions in a, in a way that's built in. So when you start a parachain, chain, you, you already get these three ways. And they did sort of the modern democracy three jurisdictions, uh, well, not exactly actually, but they have a democracy in which all the token holders are voting And then there is a council which is elected and um, they actually control the treasury. So they make decisions that are on the treasury. And of course the democracy can override them. And then for fast decisions, they have something called the technical committee. And uh, for example, in Kusama, they have just three people there. And if one proposes and nobody rejects the decision, then it passes. And these are for super fast actions. Uh, there's a huge bug in the in the chain and you need to fix it now. And so th- there's a way to do uh, fast decisions. And um, then we have other approaches of really sub DAOs or uh, I mean, should we um, shy away from calling them departments? Just like in, we, we used to, I mean, you need to uh, handle marketing with one budget and you need to handle development in another budget and you need to, to do um, rewards for members in another budget. And it's okay to uh, split them into several sections or departments or sub DAOs and uh, make decisions that way. And um, and yeah, I think it's it's a must. You you cannot, uh, if you're a multi-billion dollar DAO, you cannot make a $500 decision with uh, a quorum of of 1% out of uh, 300,000 token holders. Ridiculous. Of course, you need to uh, to have sub-dows. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So increasingly, that's the understanding that we have as well. Is that uh, humans have been playing the coordination game for millennia, right? And we have figured out a few ways to now uh, have, like I guess, stable ways to cooperate. Like, of course. democracy with the checks and balances uh, is one of the dominant ways to do so and hence we have kind of replicated that with the polka dot model and then we have the the corporate model where you have like divisions and like each having clear goals and clear budgets and clear personnel who are responsible for those uh, and that gets things done uh, and of course, we have like these smaller partnerships, right? Limited partnerships where, let's say, you're making investment decisions, it's a little uh, investment council, and that can go through very quickly. And we have seen that with investment DAOs, crowdfunding, so on. Um, I'm curious from, from, like, have you seen uh, any evidence or any like data points where like we're pushing the boundaries of like, human coordination, like new ways that were not possible, not so easy uh, without this like on chain commitments?
1: Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I was I was commenting on, on, on it earlier. There are hundreds, maybe thousands of votes going on every day, managing billions of dollars, and that was not possible before, and that it did not exist before, not on a on a scale that is so fast. And you can see that you can go to DeepDAO, and and we have a feed that has uh, all the proposals in the ecosystem, and you can see sometimes huge numbers of voters on on decisions and, um, you know, hundreds of votes, um, people voting against, people voting for. And I think this is um, definitely we are uh, coordinating in a way that we did not, w- we're not able to do before. Mm. Um, so if I'm enjoying to- yeah, yeah, it sounds no, like no uh,
0: this is like kind of a govern- governance by referenda in a way, right? Like. Because it was unfeasible to have like these referenda for every single policy, right? The amount of effort required to collect those votes, verify those people, mail them in, like have these like voting stations. So it's crazy. Whereas now, with like easily digitally verifiable votes, we can have referenda for like on a policy by policy basis uh, in a scalable way, as long and you can have buy-in on like your citizenship, uh, very easily verified uh, through like token holdings, NFT holdings, and so on. Uh, if if that's what you're getting at
1: yeah yeah absolutely. I think um, if you look at proposals and, and you see uh, a lot of proposals in the DAO and you see a lot of votes on each proposal and you are able to see all the coalitions that's a higher level of co- of uh, coordination than than what we used to have and, and it i agree it, it goes uh, goes back hundreds thousands of years the ability to coordinate on such a high level. Um, n- never existed, you know. I, I don't think it's right to say that those in, invented this high level, even on the internet, internet age. If you look at uh, game, gaming, people in games work together, like fifteen-year-olds uh, and twelve-year-olds uh, are playing in guilds and communicating with each other and and uh, running military military military-like operations together and and already doing that in real time Um, and they have artifacts that has monetary value in some ways so uh, it it was never done in a corporate way the way the you know in a in a way that actually manages assets in a way that in, in before the dao before the dao movement Mm -hmm. And again, also, there's immediate execution of decisions that is sometimes uh, in some of the platforms you have still, you know, everything happens on chain. So a DAO makes a decision and money moves from one place to another. That's a big deal that never existed before.
0: Mm. oh yeah the the automated execution especially when it regards to assets it's, or or even actually now code uh, implementation right where you push the next version uh of the smart contracts by by voting wow that's that's a commitment that uh, you couldn't have made right tying it from the the voting right there indeed indeed um if I may go to one of the the, the very thorny issues, come back as well, because I think still a lot of uh, skepticism around uh, the apathy part, right? And it's just incredible, like you said, how surprising it is that people are voting. And in the case of like those gamers or or people who want to uh, collectively invest, it's it's quite clear their incentives are there, right? Their, their money is there, uh, or um, they're playing this game and they want to like level up their characters and so on. Um, with With many of the 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 larger kind of uh, institutions, unless uh, there's a wide policy that affects everybody, right? great uh, tokenomics changes, uh, like big version upgrades or like meta governance kind of proposals, uh, often often like people might not be so engaged. And uh, one answer that people have been toying with, and I think quite a few DAOs have experimented with, uh, is incentives with DAO voting, right? Viet, uh from like a delegate perspective and like uh, rewarding them and rewarding people who delegate to them uh, or from like a direct voting perspective, right? Giving POEBs, giving NFTs. uh, And I'm curious to hear from like, from a data-driven point of view, right? Uh, Have we seen these experiments play out and like, what were some of the the data uh, outcomes that we have seen from those experiments?
1: So I think uh, these things are still very early. Um, And... um it's hard for me to say that uh, we have conclusive data on whether this the, the approach works and, and to what extent but um yeah i mean rewarding people in in dows with the nfts and uh and Pops happens all the time and um i think these approaches are um <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not sure they're uh, going to be very successful beyond uh, you know raising the numbers in a in a way that is maybe not uh, not fully not fully uh, <clears throat> fully interesting because there is a problem of expertise when you come to uh, make decisions <clears throat> you need to actually put some time and understand what's going on and if you're going to. Um, to make important decisions like platform level decisions or big financial decisions, you really need to put time and understand what's what's happening. And so um, I think the challenge is more to make uh, information and make the data available for people so that they can actually make the decision and and not so that you wouldn't need to put in uh, a whole day into understanding something, but you could do it in, in maybe thirty minutes or, or an hour, and to lower the level of commitment that we are asking from people in order to come and participate in, in the in the decision making that we're organizing
0: mm. yeah, yeah, makes sense there, there's a big risk of like if you just add the, some incentives in there, you you distort the actual outcomes because people just vote. Whichever way, right? Without uh, realizing, whereas uh, it might make more sense uh, to invest in or incentivize the actions, the input actions of like learning about the proposals or reducing the barrier through something like a deep dive, perhaps uh, of uh, learning about the context of these proposals. And in fact, that that's something I think a lot of uh, of teams are trying to resolve as well, right? Like trying to uh, help people understand it quicker. Uh, be it like who came up with it, or what implications, motivations. Uh, to a certain extent, some of the proposals themselves have been modified to be more complete, to include all of these sections. Uh, what else needs to be done to lower uh, the barrier of understanding?
1: Um, well, you know, I think that you need to uh, consider, consider the, a, a short video to, under, to to explain what's going on. and. Um, Consider having people become involved in community calls, and um, give them many channels in order to do that. So, you know, you can go into one one channel to um, to do Discord and just hang out and, and find some information, or do a, a Zoom call once a week. And for people who want to participate in it in a deeper sense, and you want to um, give people something to do which which requires under 2 hours a week so um you know tell them uh, that you'll reward them if they um summarize some of the issues that you need to uh to to look into and if they write like a 100 word bl- blurb about something and um and for example we're testing a brainstorm now uh a token-based token uh, discussion tool. And so we're asking people who want to be involved to go and to uh, put something in their profile. So log in, connect your wallet and go to your profile and click edit and put 10 minutes into uh, actually selecting a name and maybe putting a picture and uh, put some information about your interests and, your, and what you're doing. So... Uh, it makes sense for the platform because you want to know who the people are, and it also shows some level of commitment. And only if you do that, we send you, we're going to send you some test tokens so you can uh, play with Brainstorm. And I think this is uh, <clears throat> this is to me. I mean, uh, we, you know, everybody has their own system, but it seems to me like a fair um, a fair task. It requires some time. It requires you to bring yourself a little bit, and and. But it's not asking you for uh, for a lot for a huge commitment and by the way, touching back on the privacy issue, so we're not asking you for to put to give us your real name or anything like that just say something mm. say something feel free to be creative but do something do a little bit of of, of a task
0: mm. yeah I, I love that i think that that's the direction that we've been trying to uh, share with more teams as well which is to Reward or incentivize these micro contributions and gamify uh, those actions, right? So that you are actually crowdsourcing the input part of it and not just like uh, incentivizing the output, which, you know, once it becomes a measure of success, right, it might distort the actual input itself. So, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, people will be interested to to check out Brainstorm. Like, I I saw some of the very interesting discussions on there. Would you like to share some like preliminary uh, topics that are already featured?
1: Um, yeah, for sure. So uh, I'll read to you some of the, the, the titles here. Um, someone who actually has a name and, and put in a picture and, and has an identity on DeepDAO uh, is saying, asking the real question here. Should voting power be bought or earned? And that's a great question in itself. Um, should, should we allow for basically plutocracy in DAOs? Someone can just uh, buy the buy all the tokens, and then someone is answering them that you're actually not going to uh, buy a lot of voting power unless you really care about what's going on. And I think it's it's correct for the smaller DAOs that you're not going to uh, buy a lot of small DAO tokens just to just to uh, play around. And um, so this is one. One topic, of course, uh, what kind of opportunities DAOs have during a bear market is another question being asked, and that's relevant to all of us. And another thing that is relevant for DAOs, may the DAO movement attend to the future of workers? And, you know, you touched a little bit about it. You want to reward people for uh, participation, for basically contributing to your platform. But are you going to reward them just as freelancers or as, as full-time employees in the future? And I think that's a great question. And it's a question that DAOs haven't answered yet. And then someone is asking, what is the best city to live in, in for someone in Web3? It's not really DAO-specific. And um, <clears throat> which verticals are DAOs good for, and which verticals are DAOs not good for? Mm. And mm. so on and so forth. And you see, there's a, there's a lot of questions in the DAO ecosystem that uh, right now are being developed, and, and they're not answered yet in a clear way, in, in, one, in one definitive way.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I hear a lot of these uh, kind of like meta questions related to DAOs uh, that can help us design them. Better, right? And in fact, that's the, the softer knowledge component that's very sorely needed alongside like the very hard products and infrastructure that are required to enable those functions. So, indeed, like very glad to see that both are being built up and partly thanks to what you're building as well with Brainstorm. So, uh, I'm sure you have a call to action for people to sign up and, and check out the uh, uh, Deep down on that side. Uh, if I may move. Towards the closing of this episode, I just want to kind of like zoom out and like go towards the end game now, right? If we if we look at like where do we want uh, DAOs to be, right? Do we want just like how blockchains eventually we want them to be invisible? Nobody says I'm using blockchain. I'm using internet. I, you just use it. Uh, and so how do we see it, right? Is is the end game that like you no know, nation states, all companies, all like friend groups, like gaming guilds, like all of these are considered kind of like DAOs and will use. These similar tools and practices that we have condensed within the Web3 world? And how will we get there? What are the components that are still needed today?
1: Okay, great question. So um, I looked the other day at uh, everybody's asking me, what, uh, what are you projecting? How many DAOs are going to be in <clears throat> five years, and how much money would they, would they manage? And um, so I looked on, I Googled a little bit and uh, LinkedIn seems to have 57 million companies. And according to one source, there are 620 million groups on Facebook. So I think this is the, this is the, the moonshot, the, the goal eventually. But if you think let's take the 620 million, what percentage of these groups uh, want to actually manage assets together. And I think w- if you're looking at, I don't know, 5% or 1%, if 1% of these groups want to manage assets together, then we're talking millions of DAOs. And millions of DAOs is already uh, means that there are probably hundreds of tools that are operational tools for, uh, if you look at DeepDAO, there is a, there is a tools page. And <clears throat> there are categories for the tools. so. You need to launch a DAO, you need to um, manage community, you need to uh, have a dispute resolution mechanism, you need to have a governance mechanism, you need to to manage the treasury, you need to distribute money to contributors. There's a lot of tools that are needed and many of them are uh, very early stage or not even there. And some tools, Probably we haven't even thought about yet. So I think you need uh, to develop a lot of tools, and it's happening. By the way, there's hundreds of tools in, in very early stage being built. Every other startup in the world, I think, is now building DAO tools, and that's great. That's yeah. <clears throat> that means the ecosystem is very vibrant.
0: And now. We we went through quite a few of the archetypes and examples of like how DAOs are actually working compared to the Web2 organizations or traditional organizations, right? And uh, I understand that you have prepared some really interesting stats around like actual participation, be it in terms of voting, voting blocks, and perhaps some interesting examples uh, of like certain exceptional cases that you'd like to highlight as well. So we'd love to use the DeepDAO platform to understand some of these examples and
1: trends. Okay, terrific. Thanks, Chikai. So the, there is a talk about uh, low participation in DAOs. And mm-hmm. I, when I hear that, I, I kind of laugh because I think participation is great. And uh, it really depends on the standards that you're setting. If you think that uh, everybody should be involved in everything, then that's one standard. And uh, it's going to be difficult to qualify for, uh, for many, many uh and many groups and really for human beings mm-hmm. but if you set set the standard at something that's more uh more realistic in my view then uh i think you you'll be surprised and i asked uh, actually you can see some of these numbers here on deep DAO. Mm-hmm. so for example you can see that uniswap there are 350k um governance token holders which in effect have voting power and 4.3 active ma- members. So it's just over 1%. Mm. And you can scroll down and see, uh, see, um, see this for, uh, for thousands of organizations. But I asked our developers to, uh, prepare a list of how many organizations have more than 10% participation. Mm. And apparently that's, uh, something like 140 something organizations. Mm-hmm and um yeah 137 and wow. I, I think 10% hey, may yeah, I clarify, 137,
0: is it 10% of tokens or or like uh, holders
1: 10% of the token holders or the people with voting power actually uh voted voted on or created proposals mm, all right so, and that that's lifetime you know so if you voted once then you count here and I think these are huge numbers. These are sometimes uh, even in Uniswap, where we saw it's one percent. It's uh, it's four thousand people actually participated in voting in an organization. This is a very high number. Or yeah, you that's pretty insane. Gnosis,
0: yeah, how many large organizations have thousands of people voting uh, on their like product improvements, economics improvements, right?
1: Exactly. And when you consider that you really need to, how difficult it is to vote, I mean, you have to go through Clank UI in, in crypto. I mean, uh, that, that's just reality. And then you need to understand something that is um, quite complex at times. Then you need to actually form an opinion and, and vote. And, and thousands of people are doing it in, in organizations. And that's, to me, that's, uh, that's really impressive. And you can see here, um, just to, to add a little bit of uh, information here, so some organizations have multiple governance platforms. So, for example, Aragon or Compound and Snapshot. And Snapshot. Or, so we consider all of them as voters. Of course, unique. If you voted uh, on Compound and then you voted in, in Snapshot, we don't count you twice. Right. And, and then that, that's pulled together, so that's DeFi. And um, you can go down the list, and you see some um, really interesting DAOs, and, and some of them are mm-hmm. pretty big. High was top five at one point. Uh, mm-hmm. On Deep Dow, Ave has 15% between uh, the safe snapshot and, and their own uh, system. So there's, mm-hmm. a of, uh, there's a lot of there's uh, a lot of activity going on. I did particular I
0: uh, trends you wanted to highlight, like for example a particular some types of DAOs tend to be uh to have a high proportion of like active voters or a, be it there's a vertical size or uh the culture that they have or, or it's specific examples maybe that, that you like to highlight that you think are interesting
1: funny that you asked because I prepared um, oh, that's perfect yeah uh, a breakdown by category so uh if you look at deep Dao, you can see that uh we're categorizing uh, the DAOs. There are, I think, 10 or 11 categories. So I was really curious to see um, what's the percentage across categories. Yeah. So, for, for example, uh, gaming, 16 organizations on our platform, 5.4%. And again, on average, yes. The the calculation is that uh, in these 16 organizations, there are almost 700,000 uh, governance token holders and thirty-seven thousand voters, so that comes down to uh, five point four percent. So these are thirty-seven thousand people who actually went and did um, a complex thing, voted on 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 a proposal.
0: Wow! And are they and uh, unique across the different projects as well? So we've kind of deduplicated that.
1: Uh, they would. Um, it's a good question I'm not sure actually I need to find out but well in any case in some,
0: aggregate I guess like the the activity is is uh, quite clear yeah
1: yeah and and I think uh, I think they are, they are unique across the project so but I'm not sure about that actually
0: well well to me uh, I think the the standout here is with infrastructure 59 percent of uh, of the voter base is, is active that's that's really insane I'd be really curious to understand which. Uh, projects are, are categorized under infrastructure here
1: let's look at that um, infrastructure so okay ens is skewing this actually uh because to get the ens you had to vote so any everybody who got to the airdrop uh, really uh counted as a voter and at one point with ens there were more, more voters than token holders
0: right what so- did they vote on
1: you um, you had to vote their constitution.
0: Ah, right. And yeah, so in you, a way, that's, uh, it's, it's kind of a neat trick, right? Uh, well, not to say right. it's purely a trick, but it, it's part of the, the user um, experience design to say that when you're about to claim the token, you have to vote uh, as well, right? So this is something I guess other DAOs can learn from to bake it into using the product, claiming an airdrop, or even earning a token to say, hey, look, why don't you vote on this proposal if you want to be part? Uh, of like this token holder base.
1: We, we actually had, um, had you know, we have team meetings on, on our uh, global team meetings every now and then. And um, we actually had a long debate on, on this particular issue. Is it the right thing to do to uh, have people, to basically to force people to vote? And, and I think it's a good thing to do uh, but you really need to, um, to, to structure the proposal and, and to write the proposal in a way that would be very easy for people to understand it. And, and they did. It was a good job uh, of explaining what are you voting on. And you could vote no, like not, not to ratify the constitution and still get your, uh, your airdrop. So they did not force you to say yes, which, you know, would be a, a bad sign for a project. Hmm. But yeah. they did not do that. You, you could vote no and get your money and and be happy.
0: I see. Of course, I think we see here that the active members are are a fraction of that, maybe like one percent of that. Uh, but still, uh, it shows that you know, if if it comes down to it, and we needed to do it again, uh, we could use a similar mechanism, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, are there other
0: examples that you like to highlight, perhaps, uh, or other trends?
1: Uh, actually, I think it's really interesting to look at uh, <clears throat> the growth of DAOs over the past um, past couple of years. And I, I really like this uh, spreadsheet. So the first DAOs on DeepDAO are from 2018. And we had two of them. Two of the DAOs, there are, there are um, almost 5,000 organizations uh, on our dashboard. 225 uh, over 2,000 of them are enriched by deep Dow, but uh, that's besides the point. Now, the um, two of them had their first proposal in 2018, so you can see there was very little activity back then. This is about the time I started in Dows, and then 2019. You know, this is not the start date of the DAO necessarily. Not the moment where the contract was was uh was uh, uh uploaded uploaded to the chain it's the they did their first proposal mm. so a fine point here and you can see that in 2019 29 dollars and if you want that's a 15x growth but of course small numbers then in 2018 in 2020 sorry the year after 310 DAOs had their first proposal And then 2021 was the explosion. You can see that there's like a 10X between 300 and 3,000, 4,000, almost uh, 3,500. Wow. So yeah. And you can see there um, hundreds of of DAOs making their first proposal each month. Hmm. And over here, shout shout out to uh, Snapshot, who did uh, uh, an amazing job allowing all this experimentation and all this activity, really. It's beyond experimentation now.
0: Yeah, that seems to align with the timing for uh, the, the rising of the DeFi protocols, right? So, and so many of them right. came up and everybody wanted to have some form of governance and, and let the token voters have a say. Uh, although, of course, to various degrees of actual impact <laughs> on, on like uh, the, the results of the proposals. Uh, but it does show at least that the DAO activity, it has been exponential over the last few years. Well, this year, I presume we're still uh, waiting to see. Uh, I presume because of the bear market activity has definitely slowed down.
1: There's actually, uh, I'm not sure that it's slowed down. If you if you look at uh, these numbers, you see that so far only 682 on our dashboard. But I know that uh, we have like 2,000 or over 2,000 organizations coming up from our staging. Um, from Snapshot, and Argon, and other platforms. So yeah. I think it's too early to say that. I don't think we're going to see $30,000. No. There's not going to be 10x.
0: Not a 10x. It was so, 10x. Yeah, yeah, over the last few years. Uh, and does this also capture the growth of the other chains as well? Because uh, I mean, clearly, we've seen explosive growth from like Solana, BNB Chain, Avalanche, and, and many others that are upcoming.
1: Yeah, so you need to differentiate the, here from governance to treasury. There's a lot of uh, treasury on a lot of chains. And over here, we're talking about first proposals. So this really is governance platforms. And this includes Solana and the substrate organizations we added. So, um, so yeah, these numbers include other things.
0: Right. Uh, uh, so are the EVM ones, like I presume Polygon and, and so on as well. Yeah
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 absolutely, absolutely. So while so and, and these numbers are are uh, how many have proposals or is it the new organizations would you say?
1: Yeah, so everything here, uh, all these numbers that you're you're counting have proposals.
0: Right, and they're, they're um, so they're kind of new DAOs that have sprung up in this time period, or, or yeah, like yeah, DAOs, yeah, DAOs that have the first proposal, uh, a, a new DAO that has a new a first proposal.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, many DAO, many uh, organizations create their DAO and then it takes time for them to create the first proposal. Awesome, awesome. And so, you know, there's a lot of uh, activity that is not reflected in this particular uh, spreadsheet.
0: Right, yeah, because the existing DAOs can continue to be active as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and awesome. um, I, just, I wanted to also show you the the treasury size growth so the first time we aggregated treasury it was 23 million that was early uh, 2020. then at the end of the year the number was 362 million so that's like what 15x or so in that year in 2020. yeah and then in the end of 2021 it was 12.4 billion wow so that's like 35x and of course, now we're in bear market. So the number, uh, the the number in uh, July, the average number in July was just over uh, 11 billion. And um, we'll see where it goes in in the next year. Um, bear yeah. market, crab market, back to bull market. Yeah. Well,
0: 11 so B. That's uh, that's not too far down from from 12. So it looks like even the 1 B drop is. Of course, huge, but uh, from a grand scale of things, it sounds like the treasuries uh, still managed to survive.
1: You have to um, account here to new DAOs that we added to our platform. So uh, these numbers are skewed up a little bit, like today's numbers. Right, got it.
0: All right, yeah. Um, Super interesting. Uh, 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 Is there anything else, or should we... uh, wrap up with the analytics segment
1: well i i think we you mentioned um dao coalitions oh yes and this is um a pet uh, a pet uh, something that i really love let's look at for example now and you know i'm sure many of your uh viewers listeners know dxdao or know about it it's a large organization managing almost 80 million dollars and we have a breakdown of the voting power of their members. Yeah. And so you can see that uh, these are the top people in the DAO. The top person has 6.5%, then goes down to 45 And like the top 10 still has 3%, which is, you know, not bad. Like it's a nice distribution across the top 10. And if you go down top 20 is one4 still quite a lot of, uh, quite a nice distribution here. And the top fifty uh, also has zero point four. You know, it starts resembling real life organizations where um, zero point four percent is is real power. Mm. You want uh, zero point four percent shares of a large organization, then it goes down a little bit further. These are these numbers are rounded, but they're not zero uh, in actuality. Yeah. So. Um, So, okay, this is nice. And then I really wanted to see what are these people doing with their power? And so this person created 20 proposals and won 90% of them. Not surprising, right? And he voted on 232 proposals and won almost each one of them. Hmm. And this is out of 799 proposals. So it's about what? What? third or about 35 percent right but really this is not the, the whole story you want to see who is voting with whom so uh we created coalitions and this is just the top uh the top coalitions of two people and you can see that the top person and and this this guy voted 89 times together that's a large number uh in fact we're measuring it so it's 11 percent of the of the proposals, they voted together. Hmm. And then if you uh, look at who is this guy and who is this guy, these are the, in fact, the top two people. Ah. So and these two. Is there a way to visualize
0: uh, where multiple members? Because uh, two, just a pairwise may not be the most uh, yeah, representative of all the coalitions that are happening, right?
1: So this is uh, an, an opportunity to mention our API. Awesome. And on the site, you only see two people. On our API, you see up to 10 people coalitions. And uh, and then, you know, you really understand the power dynamics of, of the DAO in a very um, visceral way. Because you see that five people are voting a lot together. And together, they have 20% of the voting power. And then when you start analyzing how much voting power you need to win a proposal, and, and it's most of the times it's less than 20%. So really you realize, and, and, and this is not to, to say anything bad about DXDAO. In fact, I, I salute them for a lot, a lot of the things that they do. Uh, transparency is just one of them. But this is typical to any group, to any organization in the world, to any uh, bunch of people who are doing things together. They vote in coalitions, they, they side with each other, And with blockchain DAOs, you can see all of it and understand it and really know who this person is and who the other person is. And with deep DAO, you can go to, to their profile. And this is my profile, by the way. And you can see all the organizations I'm in and proposals I created and the votes I created. And you understand who am I? Who is this person voting here? It's not me. It's someone else. But you understand really what's going on so to me this is um fascinating and exciting
0: indeed indeed all right and, and uh i think for people who are interested to uh play around with the data themselves right uh this the api is open for everybody
1: uh yes it's open but it is uh we are a business so you would have to pay for it and we okay. have uh Yeah. You'd have to. Uh, there's the, a the starter package with a lot of information at twenty five dollars a month, and there's a pro package at four fifty, and, and this really gives you the coalitions and white lists. So you can. Uh, uh, white lists are extremely powerful. You know, we all know about airdrops. Airdrops are going to white lists of uh, participants, and there are. Um, you can use a whitelist to tailor NFTs and, and do all sorts yep. of things like that.
0: So with that, is there any other final kind of call to action uh, or shout outs that you'd like to make?
1: Um, definitely. One in general, go and, go and vote in a DAO. Go join a DAO, come to Deep DAO and, and select uh, a category of DAOs and then select the DAO and then find out how to, to vote in a DAO. Not just join the Discord. Journey the Discord is, is just the first step. Actually practice the idea of selecting a proposal, finding something that's interesting for you, get some DAO tokens and, and develop an opinion and go vote. That's a big step, I think, um, for everyone who's coming from the outside, the outside DAO of uh, the DAO ecosystem. <clears throat> and then come to DeepDAO and start going deeper into DAOs and understanding them and um, come brainstorm with us about DAOs and soon about many other things.
0: Awesome. As I always love to say, uh, Web3 gives back so much power to the people right? from the ownership perspective, the transparency in terms of data, and also in terms of governance to influence the actual things that will happen. Uh, all we need to do is reach out and take it. So I uh, hope yes. all our viewers are inspired by the, the conversation here and, and many of the tools and platforms that you can do. Uh, and I guess we'll end here. We'll see you next time.
1: Thanks, Jikai. Thanks, everyone.